Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Ah, these are some weird, weird, wild and crazy times, aren't they? I mean, what the frick is going on? What planet are we even living on? You guys, I just got a new tattoo the other day, by the way, of a planet because I need to move to a new planet. And so I figured if I tattooed it on my body, I would feel closer to said planet. But you know, that's not my point. My point is, is shit is so crazy that I really firmly believe in embracing those that are far away closer to you than before. You know how when you're going throughout your day and you're like thinking of someone that you haven't spoken to in a while and you're like, I should message them and you don't in that moment. And then you forget. And then before you know it, a year has gone by. Well, I highly recommend that in that moment, you stop what you're doing and take literally five seconds to just say thinking of you with a heart and that's all it takes. And I also encourage you to reach out to your friends and start to have wine dates with them if you're not doing that. And then like find out which of your friends are like COVID safe and just go and hug each other for a while because this separation from each other is out of control. Um, I personally, like I have, I have friends all over this planet and I'm so accustomed to, to running into them and to hugging them at things like pole convention and things like pole expo and, and things like, um, you know, whatever hell else event I used to go to all the time. Um, and I don't get to do that anymore. And that makes me really sad. And so, um, my, what I'm trying to do is be more connected to my friends and spend more time talking to my family because I can't actually see them in person. And so um, our guest on the show today is someone that I've been friends with for a long time and he used to live here in Los Angeles and now he's long distance and we've still managed to maintain massive amounts of love for each other and maintain our connection via Facebook, via Instagram and via telephone. Um, And I'm so excited to spend the hour with my very dear friend, Boo Boo Brian, who is also a stripper and a pole dancer. And he's joining us on this episode today. Boo Boo, what is going on in your world? Hi everyone, how's it going? Um, doing pretty good. I was just talking to Anne-Marie before the, um, before the interview and I was like, I'm good during 2020 standards. So everything's <laughs> pretty good right now. Um, it just kind of sucks because like, I feel like everyone's life is on pause right now. So yeah. unfortunately it's like, only thing we can really do is just sit around and play video games all day. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't be with each other. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I know, but no, you actually really bring up a good point. And I think the I always try to find the positive in kind of the situations we're in. Yeah. And I really think that like this has really taught me, especially I haven't really connected with a lot of my friends because um, just like you, I was like, I have friends all over the country. And so it's like actually taken time for me to actually reach out to a lot of friends and just check in and see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a good way to like show you like 
number one, like how distance I've been, but also number two, it's like, we're all in this together. So I think it's very important for us to reach out to our friends, our colleagues, our coworkers, and just trying to check in with everyone. Because honestly, a simple text message is just like, how are you doing? Or I'm thinking of you literally makes a little bit of difference. Yeah. Totally. Like, oh, someone's thinking about me. It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where are you calling from? Because, man, you bounce around so much. I bounce around stuff. everywhere. I'm the <laughs> village bicycle. I've just been ridden everywhere. Um, so right now I'm in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Um, but I base myself out of New Orleans, Louisiana. So a lot of uh, stuff I'll be talking about today is probably going to be um, New Orleans based because I really don't dance out here in Denver. Yeah, yeah, we do. We want to talk about some stuff that's been going on in New Orleans for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so are you in Denver because like quarantine kind of put you there? Um, As of right now, yeah. Um, Yeah. Me and my partner, we're we're in an uh, apartment lease right now. So we're kind of waiting out that lease and see what kind of the next steps are. But um, yeah, yeah, as of right now, and it's actually kind of like, kind of blessed that we're kind of in Denver right now because everywhere that I live in California, Louisiana, everything is kind of crazy with COVID right now. So I'm kind of blessed that Denver's kind of, as from what I'm seeing, is kind of keeping everything like very, like, very nice and easy. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'll, like, I'll wait out COVID here, see how it goes, and then make my next steps after. <laughs> Tell me Hopefully I'll still be around. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, well, we'll, we'll try trial year one and see how it goes. <laughs> trial year one. Because it might be like, who knows, man. Um, oh, Tell me about it. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've been like really grieving and talking about to a couple, a small number of friends that are strippers is that um, we have lost like this intimacy with people that we're used to having. Like Mm -hmm. I am used to hugging about 50 people a night. And I'm used to standing next to somebody with their arm around me as we chat. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm used to like flirting and, and like really having these, these intimate, friendly interactions with people mm-hmm. like three to four nights a week mm-hmm. for six hours at a time. And then that's just like taken away from us. It's more than just our job. It's also oh, totally. how we're fed energetically and uh-huh. it's just gone now. Are you experiencing any of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, the way stripping is a very intimate, intimate um, occupation, you know, all of it is about close contact. And even in the entertainer world, like I'm pretty sure like um, you've seen it, like even like, even if we're backstage at a show, everyone's kind of hugging. We're all very, we're mm-hmm. all very close in this bubble. And I think it's an interesting it's an interesting time because now it's like you see those same people and now you kind of almost have to like, I always ask, like, are you doing hugs? Like some of my close friends, like I'm like asking them consent to hug, which I'm obviously consent is sexy, but sometimes like we kind of got to dial back a little bit, especially kind of how times are because there's people out there who are taking this pandemic very seriously. And there's some people who are very blase about it. So you kind of have to find that happy spectrum and you got to watch out for yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very, and it's very interesting even thinking about, you know, if and when the strip clubs open up again, like how is that going to look for our clients and customers? Right. Like, how is that intimacy going to play post COVID? Yeah. Like show me your test results. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, people are taught, like I've heard one news source saying like, oh, we should all get tattoos of uh, if you're immune and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's getting like very much like futuristic. Exactly. Dystopian. So I'm just yeah. like, yeah, it's just that I just, I, it's, 
it's a hard time right now. I'm really hoping we can all bounce back from it. But um, again, we can't really predict the future. Everything's changing day by day, week by week. So no, yeah, but that, yeah, regardless of that, I still like, I want to be a stripper, like an actual stripper, like so bad right now too. Cause even for me, um, cause I was a pole dancer before I was a stripper. And I'm saying that because I was a lot of times and I've actually had this conversation with uh, one of my good friends is she was like, you know, Brian, you're really interesting because you, she's like a lot of us strippers, we started in we started stripping and then going to pull. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was the opposite. I started in pull for a few years and then went to stripping. So for me, it's actually interesting because I'm like, I'm kind of, I want to see like how stuff is going to change. Because uh, even right now, the pole dance industry is really hurting with everything going on. And like even the strip club industry is hurting. And like, I like, even for me, like I love going to strip clubs because that is where I get my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I could look at like videos all day on YouTube and be like, oh, that's dope. But like once I get into that club, it's like a whoosh of adrenaline and like seeing your friends just be badass and money mm-hmm. flowing. And that's yeah. just one thing I've really missed personally. Yeah, you actually talk because I totally like scrolled on you today on Instagram and I was like stalking your things. One of the things that you um, are talking about is how your experience in New Orleans with the queer and stripping communities is like really important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to I want to hear about like what were your experiences in the New Orleans queer and stripping communities like? I just want you to elaborate on that. Uh, well, New Orleans, that's my home. That is my heart. Like I lived in LA forever. And then once I moved to New Orleans, I really didn't understand myself until I lived there. And it's like, it's weird. Cause it's like, everyone says in that city, it's like, there's roots coming from the ground. Like you, if you're meant to be there, you're meant to be there. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I actually started at, um, a, I met one of my friends Funny, you tie into this story too, uh, Mr. Pole Dance America, when we went and dealt with Philip Deal and Shane, and actually my best friend named Squeak on Instagram, she actually took over Mr. Pole Dance America the following year, right. and that was in New Orleans, and quick story, and then I went over there to judge, fell in love with the city, I've always wanted to go, and then I told her, I was like, hey, let me, I'll, uh, let me do a two-month trial run with you, I was like, I'll do a two-month residency with you, I'm looking to, to relocate and New Orleans seems like the perfect place for me. Um, Squeak at her studio, she is a stripper and she's actually a huge, huge um, advocate for strippers and especially new strippers. Like even at the studio Awakening, she has a discount for strippers. Like if you're a stripper, you actually get a discount on all your packages, which is a fantastic. And I don't actually think a lot of people do that. Wow. Um, yeah. And also half our staff in Awakenings were in the industry so it was very, it was very welcoming for me. It was a big, big, big welcome mat. And um, her boyfriend was a stripper and he was like, and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go work. I'm going to see how this is. And I actually do remember calling you. Do you remember this? I called you my first shift because they're like, okay, what's your stripper name? And I was like, shit, I didn't think of a stripper <laughs> name. And then I was like going through all these. And then I decided on Madison because of American Horror Story. I loved Emma Roberts' character, Madison. I thought Madison's very boy next door. So I was like, I'll go with that. Boy next door. Yeah, it. little boy next door, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, you know, of course I was the like the token Twinkie guy, you know. So I like what didn't have like the best built body, but I still had 
my butt and I was like, okay, I'm going to use my butt. And I had, like, <laughs> you know, and I had my cute little outfits. So I felt really sexy. Yeah. And then, um, and then I worked there and I felt such at home. The dancers were great. Um, it was a very interesting setup because it was almost like our club was a mixture of go-go and strip because we're on Bourbon Street. We're smack dab at the end of Bourbon Street, which is uh, considered the Fruit Loop. And the Fruit Loop is the gay quarter of, okay. um, of the Bourbon Street. So I like we that actually name. That's cute. Fruit I've Loop. never heard of that And it's hilarious because all, all of the bars are literally in one circle. So that it's super fitting that's so called the Fruit cute. Loop. Yeah. So, yeah. So I worked there for a couple months, fell in love. Um, and then I was like, you know, and then I decided to move probably about a month later and I moved and then I've been dancing ever since. And then um, uh, one of a uh, famous burlesque dancer in New Orleans named Trixie Mink, she started having a show, a weekly show at the club across the street from my club called Bourbon Boylesque. And it was at a club called Oz. And I was really happy because she was like, oh, she's like, we want strippers. But she's like, you actually can bring your pole because there's no pole at the bar that I was working at. So I was like, fantastic. Now I can like okay. have my skills use the pole yeah. rather than trying to be on a bar top and like, you know, wiggle my way around. So that was really fun. And like, it was a free show, but the tips were like, you made hella tips because <laughs> New Orleans is honestly all tourists. It's 80% yeah. tourism. So like great, great holidays where Mardi Gras was crazy, St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, there's a huge gay, um, a huge gay event called Southern Decadence, which is basically a huge gay party that everyone just goes to New Orleans for. So you made hella tips there. So it was nice going back and forth between my two bars and the bars were really friendly towards each other, which I really liked. So mm, it's like, great. even if I was working and I was off a shift, I had actually had some friends over at Oz at the opposite bar and they would totally let me go in and talk to them. And I would tip their dancers too. Cause I was like, I didn't want to like sure. impose on anything. So it was very much a friendly environment. And I think that's what made me really fall in love with the gay community down there. Nice. And then from there, it's like, it's a big family. So it's like, all of a sudden you get, I got hired for private gigs, private stripping gigs. And um, there's another dancer down there named Holly Tamale, and she was really great because she has a pop-up strip club. So it's like even for dancers have to say if you're at a studio and you're like, you know, I don't want to go into it. I don't want to be um, a full-time stripper, but I'd love to do a pop-up strip club. She actually had these pop-up strip clubs at a bar, still with a pole, still with clients. And even me being the only guy, I still felt super welcome. And mm -hmm. it, was a, it's, it was a fantastic, fantastic community down there. And that's one thing I really miss because it sucks on Instagram. Now you see here, all the clubs are closing. And now the mayor of New Orleans, she's kind of um, really cracking down on what's going on in Bourbon Street, because that's kind of where everyone hangs out. So it's like, you know, it's like the good old post or pre COVID days, you know, and it's like, yeah. I miss those days. But yeah, it was yeah. great. It was really great. And again, um, even a lot of the people in the female clubs that were more towards the front end of bourbon street they were pretty welcome to me because even i would come in with all my stripper bags and i'd be like oh just put them behind the desk and you can go right in because i would hitch a ride with uh squeak to work so so i get down with my shift yeah yeah so i just want our audience to know that you're talking about squeak machine correct yeah, um, at yeah. Squeak Machine on instagram yeah she's yeah. fantastic and i think she was she was honestly the gatekeeper for me going into stripping because I mean, you think about it, and even when you gave me the call that um, about this podcast, like I was thinking, I was like, you know, why did I become a stripper? And you look at it, and you grow up 
all the time and you always hear people being like the one thing people always say with girls and boys how to raise your kids we want to keep our girls off the pole and we want to keep the boys off of drugs yeah. and so you're growing up and you're like okay like that's that's my mentality and then it's not until you meet these people who are in this industry where you're like well, who the fuck was feeding me that propaganda yeah. like why was i thinking that so it's like and you see this and it's like you know stripping is a huge career choice and i think it's a it's a fantastic career choice it's a great way for people to get money and it's a fantastic way for to have community and especially like listening to your podcast over the past couple weeks like and like your whole podcast is like you have strippers all over around the globe and like we're all still coming together as a community even during this time with covid and it's like we're all sharing our stories and it's kind of cool to see how different communities react differently yeah. when it comes to stripping and i think it's really awesome Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. is really awesome. And I just, I love hearing what's going on in New Orleans because I don't spend time down there. I've been there mm-hmm. twice for events and like, I don't get involved in the community and mm-hmm. so I don't know that many people there. I know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really nice to hear all of that happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, you have you always experienced that camaraderie as being like a male pole dancer and then and then switch to a stripper like what have you bumped up against because you're you know you kind of came up during a time when pole dancing was coming up and you were a standout in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and you dealt with with some things mm-hmm. yeah do you mind sharing no of course yeah it's always it's always because I felt like I mean, you understand there was a time in, with pole dancing where people were very much anti-stripper. Mm-hmm. It was like, we're going to do contemporary, we're not strippers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you look at stuff and it's like, but yet you're dancing on a pole. Strippers invented pole dance, fact. Yeah. And I was like, you're dancing on a pole trying to emulate this, but yet you tear people down and then you do hashtag not a stripper. It's, it's not cool. And so for me, yeah. I, I got a lot of pushback, I think, when I really wanted to get started in stripping a little bit in Los Angeles and kind of a little bit in Denver as well. Um, because again, it was just, especially when you go into a male, male dominated strip club, it's very much your body type. And I did not have the ideal muscly, like juice head body type where I'm like super stacked. And so I think that was a big pushback for me. And then also it's like, you're also dealing with kind of what the rest of the community said, which is putting down strippers. But then again, it's like, you see those people. And I think, I mean, I'm totally putting my nose up your ass because I'm like brown nosing the shit out of you. But you were one of the people who actually really got me comfortable with myself. And I think even when you start teaching at Luscious Maven, Mm -hmm. it was actually a safe spot where I was like, this is how I'm supposed to dance. This is how I'm supposed to feel when I'm on the pole. Because I felt very confined. I felt like I was in a box. Like, you're going to compete. You are going to do all these workshops. You're going to travel the world. And it's like, I love that. But I was like, there's another, there's something else inside of me mm-hmm. that kind of wants to come out. And that was me going into the strip club industry. Mm-hmm. And seeing how passionate I was about it and seeing how much it influenced me and how how much I like really, really take it in. It was like, it was a gift. It was a fantastic gift. And I really want to thank you for like really opening that present for me. Um, and of course, still to this day, I owe my ankles to you. <laughs> Actually, funny story, ha- like side note, I do have a drunk tattoo I want to get and I really want to get the property of Anne-Marie Davies tattooed on my <laughs> ankle. 
It's still going to happen. We're going to have our tattoo artist Shelby do it. Speaking totally, of Shelby, I'm wearing. I know. I noticed that I'm Shelby has a amazing crop top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing Shelby Ayona's mandala shirt, and mm-hmm. um, this is a, a PSA to anyone who wants AMD to wear their shirt on this podcast and get a shout out. Send me shirts that say stuff. Send me shirts that say stuff. Shelby's anyway. dope. Shelby is a fucking dope. She's I know. A, and again, it was I met her through UPA um, when we were looking for ambassadors, kind of full circle, right? And Shelby's just kind of that homie that just fucking sticks with you. No, Shelby's badass, down road dog. And but speaking of UPA, um, you so <laughs> UPA has new owners now. Isn't mm-hmm. that so exciting? Mm-hmm. And um, they you did a fundraiser with UPA recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the flyer, and it looked like it was a mixture of strippers and pole dancers. Am yeah. I? correct yeah you're totally correct actually um elisa uh, do you remember she was a student at luscious maven band absolute doll to work with mm-hmm. loved working with her and it was when um we were doing a raising money for black lives matter and she was like i want to get a bunch of people a bunch of people of different races a bunch of people from different backgrounds occupations stripper not stripper and i want them to do a class and I was like oh absolutely I'm gonna hop on that it just kind of mm-hmm. sucked because I didn't have a pole installed in my apartment so I had to do a floor class which I I fell in love with floor especially during COVID because there's nothing else to do but roll around <laughs> on the floor so um but yeah it was a fantastic um a really great fundraiser and I believe we raised I forgot the actual count but we raised a good chunk of money for the Black Lives Matter movement um and I was anytime if it's like hey can you do something for a cause I'm 100% down especially for me it's like I love dancing and it gets me off the couch so it's like I love dancing so when she made me um do the class I was super honored and uh it was great it was fantastic and it was really easy to do and got a lot of uh, positive feedback from it which is fantastic that's awesome yeah Yeah. she's she's running the company well that's great someone Mm -hmm. has to (laughs) yeah it's a really hard time right now but yeah um yeah it was really lovely to see and um it was nice to see Nova Kane was also involved in that Mm -hmm. and Crystal Belcher um because you know and we touched on it a little bit this divide between the pole dance community and the stripper community I don't know how do you feel about it these days like I feel like it's starting to get better like I've always kind of felt like it's getting Mm -hmm. better Absolutely. I, I honestly, I agree. I think it does start to get better. However, there's some parts of me where I'm like, why is it getting better? And I think some of the reason why it's good and bad is I think that there's a lot of media out right now about strippers. I know, especially right now, one of the big ones, I have not watched it yet. And I kind of wanted to, is called P Valley. It's a show on stars where they're really highlighting um, strippers. And then they have the movie Hustlers. And I'm like, And I was like, that's great that it's in the media. But however, it's like, I definitely watched Hustlers. And I was like, that's not what we do. I mean, the whole movie was kind of about how they were drugging their clients. And I'm just like, that starts giving us a bad, a bad rep. Well, yeah, I don't know if you know, but in real life, the women who did that were not strippers. Oh, I did not know that. No. They were waitresses and bartenders and have been quoted in the media as saying the sex workers and strippers did the dirty work. We don't do that shit. That's interesting. I've never heard that. 
that's a big reason why I can't even watch the movie. I can't even bring myself to do it. Yeah, but then it started, what the thing is, another thing that I got pissed about was I felt like a lot of the, I know I kind of saw it a, a lot everywhere, was a lot of movie theaters were trying to hire pole dancers mm-hmm. to emulate stripping in their theaters to get audiences. I'm like, why are you trying to do that? I was like, if I was a person, I would actually go and give the jobs to these strippers, at least give back to the community. Wait, wait, wait. So they were hiring pole dancers to have these strippers? They're, yeah, they were hiring like pole dancers and they're like from red, from studios. Uh, and I get it. It's like, I think the, I think the foggy line behind it was pole, pole is pole. But I think the main line is stripping is stripping too where it's like, you should hire actual strippers to do this rather than people who have probably put down the community in the past. I'm not saying everyone who accepted these gigs, the gigs did, but I mean, I think that, you know, it's like, it's almost the same thing with kind of like what's going on in Hollywood right now, where there's a big pushback from people that are casting um, white people for Asian roles or um, cis people for transgender roles. And right. I'm like, you have, you have, the audience and you have the talent to do that. I can name you amazing Asian actors. I can name you amazing transgender actors. And I was like, why aren't you using them? Why are you using kind of the cookie cutter? It just felt very fake to me, you know, especially being a stripper. And obviously it's like the pay was not that great, but even seeing it, I was just kind of like, I feel a way about this. And it's just like, yeah. And it just, it's, it's just expletive, you know? Definitely. I feel a very certain way about this too. And there's an ongoing conversation currently that Selena, the stripper, AKA pretty boy girl is bringing to everyone's attention about celebrities such as JLo and FKA Twigs and even Ilana Glazer and how they're utilizing like our culture and wearing the shoes and like, like standing with strippers in photos. But then when, when we ask them, Hey, can you be a voice? Can you have help help. Us? They're, they delete our comments and they and they don't answer and they don't mm-hmm. come around and, but they continue to use our likeness and the way that we are and the way that we live but totally. without fully embracing it so it's like yeah it is it's lip service it's fake it's like if you're gonna do it you need to actually really do if you're if you're gonna say I'm a I love this community which is what I've seen FKA do I love this mm-hmm. community and I'm a part of it well then you need to you know, absolutely really be a part of it. Absolutely. Even for like, and there's, there's tons of communities where it's like, but you also need to be an ally of this community. You know, it's not, you can just, you can just, oh, I'm going to prance, prance around and just pretend to be a stripper. And it's like, no, like there's actual, there's a lot of shit going on right now, especially with stripping. And um, I know FOSTA SESTA is one of those big ones that's happening right now. I remember there was one you were talking about. The you, Earn It or, Act. The yes. Earn It Act. Yes. I hope this podcast doesn't come out too late before the Earn It Act is voted on. But yeah, yeah I've but been talking about it. Yeah. But there's a lot of political stuff going behind stripping right now. And I just feel that that is where a lot of these people who have really big voices, Jay, like you said, J-Lo, okay, Twigs, people with really big voices should be helping us there rather than just kind of brushing it to the side like what's the point like pay your respects you know yeah because we're still stigmatized there's still too much stigma and they're afraid Mm -hmm. like everybody else ultimately it's cowardice and it's not wanting to be in line with with sex workers because then people will think i'm a sex worker it's like some of the things i run up against when i hear strippers say things like i don't want to be in the room with a full service sex worker because i don't Mm -hmm. want people to think that's me it's it's Mm -hmm. the same 
Totally. I mean, yeah. you've got to think of it too. In sociology, we always had a term called the umbrella term. And I feel like with stripping sex work, uh, sorry, with sex work is the big umbrella term sure. that stripping comes under, prostitution comes under, cam girls come under. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, why don't we help lift up the community? Because nothing's going to change if we stay quiet. Yeah. Nothing's going to change if we stay quiet. We need to have a lot of, like, we need to have a lot of content out there. We need to have a lot of voices. And, yeah. you know, as of right now, it's like really hard to come by at this yeah. moment. So I have to address something mm-hmm. and have a learning moment with you and with the audience. Mm-hmm. You just said the P word. Prostitution? Yeah. Okay. So in sex work world, um, that word is used to define a group as a person that has, um, created, uh, has done a criminal act. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's in alignment with crime. Uh-huh. And it, it, because it's a carceral, carceral term and because sex workers don't believe that full service sex work should be or is illegal or it is illegal, but it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. um, that word can be offensive um, because it, it, it describes a criminal and um, they, they're not criminals. Interesting. Um, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. I think it also goes along with the line with... Um, I'm actually starting, this is actually, this is my first time actually saying it. I'm actually starting a tour guide business down in New Orleans. And one of my tours is really based around the red light district of New Orleans back in the early uh, 1900s. And prostitution comes up a lot. So I think that's why I like, I I just see it up a lot, but that's actually a really good point. And I think that a lot of people need to get educated because it is a very old word. Yes. But the connotation behind it, you're absolutely right. Because it, it was. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like the, the, ter- the word when it's said is such a, this strong image because mm-hmm. of the way we've been conditioned through media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the term that um, we're encouraged to use now is full service sex work. Okay. Full service that's okay. That's interesting. Cause I know you were saying yeah. it and I was like, okay, I, yeah, I kind yeah. of understood it, but now that I know it's a term. Usually Thank you for this like, educating lesson. I know. <laughs> but see, this, is, this is another thing that it was like about, it's like, I feel especially right now in 2020, there's so much arguing and there's not enough conversations. Yeah. And I think that like, sometimes we just need to have these conversations in order to start educating people because then you're like, oh, that was, that's what makes sense. Yeah. You just need to say something when you see it, but with compassion. And sometimes, totally. sometimes I miss the last part compassion mm-hmm. you know really working on that yeah you're doing a fantastic job I oh god you know you're not with me 24 <laughs> 7 no idea how many people i talk to a day sometimes the compassion goes right out the window um yeah it's and, and not on purpose it's just it's a lot it's a, there's so much that we're all constantly learning and then mm-hmm. like i'm even learning how to help people learn Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just like, it's so complicated and fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a uh, full service sex, sex worker is, is the term or twerkers, you know, short for sex worker. I love saying twerker. Twerkers. Twerkers. That's a, I've never heard that one before. That mm-hmm. one's twerker. It's very cute. I it's very that. cute. I'm a twerker. Yeah. I'm a twerker. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice. Oh my God. I also like, especially... If anyone um, looks at stuff and they see like the big SW, I didn't know this, but like obviously stands for sex workers. So I was like, I was like, I was like that when addressing stuff as well, because it's really easy, straightforward SW sex worker. Yeah, totally. So what, what, um, 
how has stripping translated for you onto the competition stage? Like when you had to prepare, cause I've been with you during times where you were preparing for um, really big competitions and shows. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if the miss you did um, a all male competition in Europe right? Oh, that was, it Alex was, Shukin. Uh, Alex Shukin's. it wasn't all male. It was basically, it was everyone, all ages. Oh, okay. okay. All, uh, yeah, it was literally a hodgepodge of basically all this huge talent in one space. Um, okay. was that pre-stripping or? That was, that was kind of, that was, honestly, I feel like that one was my last, besides Dance Filthy was my last big competition. And I think for me, what stripping really did is it actually really taught myself to not take myself and my dancing so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that really opened my eyes because I was like, even in, even in dance, we're always taught like, you know, point your toes, look really pretty and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, it was right after because I remember that was kind of when you started teaching and then you're like, just get dirty. I remember the mirror, your mirror um, sequence where you put us in front of a mirror and make weird fucking faces. And then the ankles up. And I was like, this is, this is what raw. And that's what I always like to talk about is being raw in your dance. Cause I think being raw, I can connect with the dancer much more than if I can see them like pretty pose. Perfect. 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 And that's why it's like, for me, it's like, that's why when I go to strip clubs, and I see all these amazing um, dancers working. That's when I'm like, ooh, I'm super inspired. Like, ooh, I love the way that she flexed her foot. Oh, I love that climb. And some of those climbs, like, they're dirty and they're the best fucking climb. Like, <laughs> yeah. the good old, like, knee pit ankle side climb. Yeah. Dirty, yes. Those were the good ones. Uh, yeah. yeah. Especially if they can swirl that one backwards. Leah Costa. Yes. One of the classic original Jumbo's pole dancers. When I say pole dancers, I mean like mad tricks mm-hmm. that we were doing back in 2007. And she would swirl all the way around and up the pole using the pit of her knee and the top of her ankle. Oh, it it's dope. Yeah. Right? And those are, the, those are the moves that stick with you. Because you can watch a competition all day and be like, oh, that was pretty, that was pretty. But you go to a strip club and it's like, there was a girl who stood on the ceiling, smacked her ass and came down. Yeah. That was totally you at Jumbo standing on the mirror ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I I love I love being in strip clubs. I can watch strippers for the first time of my life. Mm -hmm. I've been saying that for the last 18 years too. Oh, it's it's totally true though. (laughs) It's totally true. I'm obsessed. You have the most it's like and honestly, it's like I have never left a strip club feeling like, hmm, that was bad. I always have the time of my life, yeah. always a little bit buzzed. I'm like pole dancing and drinking and hanging out with friends, watching amazing talent. And it's like, what, how do you not have a good time? Tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you are also, um, you know, since you're also a pole dancer and you're amazingly connected to your community everywhere you go, um, I've noticed that you have a lot of respect for pole dance studio owners during COVID. And can you explain, like, what, what do you see that pole dance studio owners are doing right? Like, how have they come through for the community during this time? Um, well, honestly, I have a very soft spot in my heart for a lot of small business owners right now. Um, cause I know, um, Squeak, one of my super close friends is a small business owner and I'm very close with her. So I 
always hear the struggles of how it is owning a small business during these times. And I was like, you know, during those times, especially no matter if I was stripping or just being, uh, or when I was in my pole dance circuit, like it, that was kind of my home. Mm-hmm. And I always would like to pay back and pay respect for those homes and those places that were there for me. Yeah. And then right now they need me. And so I was like, as much as I can like give back to the community, I would like to, even if it's like paying for classes, even if I'm an instructor or like just trying to get some money because especially seeing how we're in what months, oh geez, like almost month six of COVID, right? And it's like already seeing kind of month five or six, right? You're right. It's been almost, it's been five months. I cannot believe it's been. Yeah. No, no, no. Hold on. March, April, May, June, July. Oh my God. It's five months. Yeah. But it's like scary because it's like, you see that these studios are starting to shut down. And I think what really hit home for me was Vamps, um, Shelby studio. Yeah. I did a lot of workshops at Vamps. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. And they closed. And it's like, it really hurts. It's like, you know, it was kind of the first one that was kind of close to home. And I was like, and then all of a sudden you kind of hear at the back end of a lot of stuff and especially kind of what's going on in Los Angeles right now, like a lot of like really strict lockdowns. It's like, you know, how are these studios going to survive? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sad because it's like, even, even though there is a small divide between the stripping and pole dance community, it's like, I feel very much in part of both. Totally. So it's like, I really want to try to help and, um, I really want to help my stripper friends. And I also really want to help my friends who are allies at the Polian studio who really look up to stripping. Um, but now that their studios are closing, it's like, it's just, yeah. it's really hard for small business owners right now. So anytime you guys can help small yeah. business owners, I know there's a lot of Venmos and tip and cash apps like requests out there. It's like even like a small, like $10, like goes a long way at this point, you know, yeah, totally. any little bit counts. It's scary, you know? And it's like, I always kind of think like, again, trying to get back to that positive vibe. It's like, you know, we hopefully knock on wood, we'll get through this, but <laughs> what is the world going to look like? when this is done and I'm really hoping that these clubs will still be open and I'm really hoping that a lot of our close uh, studios will still be open but yeah I really hope that new clubs collectively owned by sex worker themselves are open preach it preach it AMD yeah it's time for all you men to sit the fuck down right I never understood that either I was like even with the I was like the strippers are the reason why are you going to these clubs Mm -hmm. but yet in the hierarchy of the club, it's all, they're all the way at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Never made sense to me. Never, mm-hmm. ever made sense to me. And I was just like, mm. Oh yeah. I'm imagining a whole new world. Um, and I, uh, my dream is for more, more strip clubs, better strip clubs owned by strippers, run by strippers. Um, absolutely. And absolutely. So like the do away with the very big, large, gross ones that are like factories like that, that mm-hmm. I personally, personally, I don't like those ones. I, I don't feel like cozy and at home in those ones. So, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that are corporate run by men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just the gross. It and, makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. I was like, the, the person who will run the strip club the best is going to be an ex-stripper or even a current stripper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just dream about new worlds for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll be, I'll be the first patron to whoever's stripper, stripper owned strip club. I was like, I'm going to be there. 
You'll be the first one. Are you going to tent? Are you going to camp out? Yeah, I'm going to camp. I'm going to get some lawn chairs and my box of wine and sit outside (laughs) and wait. It's going to be like Black Friday. And a bag of mushrooms. Oh, yeah, totally. You know it. A bag of mushrooms, a box of wine, lawn chairs, front of the line, camped out. Posters, making posters. Love it. Love it. Making posters. This will happen. Oh, yeah, this will happen. Totally. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) You better make it happen, AMD. I will. I'm going to work. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. My stripper tips. So one of the ones that helped me the most was actually not comparing myself to other dancers. And I think what happens, especially going into places like um, a new club, I think we're always we always want to strive for the best and we always want to go out there and be like, I want to be the number one dancer here. And, but all of a sudden you go look across the bar and there's a client paying attention to a dancer so much. And you're like, wait, 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 but I'm right here. Like what, what, what's wrong with me? Why don't you like me? And so my thing was like, find your own lane and work with it. Like going back to kind of, I was saying earlier, like my, I never had the, the big body archetype, but for Mm -hmm. me, I had, my fucking fat ass. So for me, I was always going to work with thongs. I actually, I would face the client and then I would actually turn around and just shake my ass all the time. And I was like, that's actually what's got me the, the most tips is my butt. So that made me funny. Cause I was like, you never think about it. I was like, I, I see my butt every day. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know this, this juicy, but it's very juicy and other people want to see it and they want to give you money to see it and you should accept that money. Exactly. But find yeah. your own lane and go with it. That's my, that's my stripper tip. I love it. Yeah. Not comparing yourself to others mm. is really important. And I think that that can also be applied to real life, such as on Instagram, when you see edited Photoshop photos of like the perfect family the girlfriend with the hot boyfriend that work out and do kisses in between their push-ups like you know you just want to kill yourself yeah no totally totally it is it is such a it's such an important thing because I think also what happens is you're not going to go straight into a club and make bank it's going to take a little bit of time especially knowing your clients knowing your regulars who come in all the time, like getting to know them. And I think that it does take a little time to really um, get your stripper career going, but it eventually does start going once you start finding out what works for different what people. works for you. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of hard my first couple of times. Cause I remember like, especially with the club we were at, sound travels up a lot. So it's okay. like, even if someone's down at my feet and talking, you could really hear it up. And I've heard a lot of like, negative things so I really had to kind of adjust the way I portrayed myself to my audience differently you know I couldn't be super femi wearing heels being super cute I kind of had to be like you know I need to butch it up a little bit more I put in like a thick nose ring backwards hat and some Christian underwear and then made it work hashtag make it work did you really wear get a nose ring Oh, it was a fake one. It was one of those fake sets. Oh, okay. It like, just bushed up my face and it made my nose look a little smaller. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. That's an excellent stripper tip. Don't compare yourself to others. Yes. Find your own lane. You're beautiful in your own skin. Yeah. Just make that skin work across the stage and just be fucking graceful. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. 
Have you ever woke yourself up masturbating? I've woken up with wet dreams a lot, never masturbating. Okay. <laughs> that was actually a good one. I was like, yeah. I started laughing. <laughs> I was picturing you do it. Right? You're just like sitting there and you're like cognitive, just like sorry, masturbating. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> What's the message you send to start up a sexting session? Oh, this is going to be so straight, guys, but it's like, hey, sup. The yeah. S-U-P. It's never, that's what always, it was funny, like, even, like, when I used to be on Grinder, it's like, that was kind of always, like, you had little cues and, like, talking to enough people, you would kind of see it, and it's always like, hey, sup, or if it's late at night, you up, that's it. You okay. up, and you know it's going to go straight to. Oh, really? Straight to I, talk. Wow, I didn't really? not know that oh I've yeah. always even like sometimes if it's like um if it's like some people we've just talked to once and it's always you up and you haven't heard them in a long time it's always like oh they want to like they want to like have like phone sex or something okay got it thank you all right next question if you could live in any fictional world from books tv or movies what world would you live in oh god that's a good one I'm always I'm like mm, you know what I would choose I'd probably choose Star Wars. The reason why is because Earth is being fucked up and I want to go to another planet. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like you could just travel to another planet or just yeah. travel to your chest, your tattoo on your chest. Exactly. Yeah. Travel to my chest. Travel to yes. your chest. <laughs> that was um, a good one, AMD. That was a good one. Thank you. All right. Last one. Have you ever shaved your partner's back? No. No, my, my partner, he's pretty hairless he has a hairy chest which I really like but um well you can have more than one partner but it's fine you interpret like he's probably the only one I've actually been really intimate with where I would have shaved his back but I was like he doesn't actually have any hair I have um (laughs) I have shaved my best friend's uh my boy best friend his uh butt before so that's that's part of the butt Let's be specific. Oh, like here. all in. Like we have our R and R moments where the like, whole, the, the whole the thing. thing. You have to be very close to someone to open up those gates and get all around. The, Did yeah. you get in the gate? Did you get in the? Yep, you got again. You got in there. Yeah, you got in there. It's my. Why it's did one you of have my best to friends. shave your friend's ass crack? Because I was like, some he was like, "Can you shave my ass?" And I was like, "Of course." Okay. No questions. I was a ride or die. Okay. <laughs> True story, okay. true story. Well, you know, you, you teach a man to fish or take a fit man to water, you know, it's real easy to learn how to shave your butt crack is all yep. I'm saying. I do it myself often. Yeah. Um, you're hilarious. I'm like picturing you do all these things. Right. Just like shave my friend's ass. <laughs> yeah. It was gorgeous by the end. So if anyone sure. needs help, I've got tons of chips for you. Oh my God. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. Ryan, tell everyone how we can find out more about you and follow you and be all up your ass, basically. Oh, good segue, Ed Murdy. Um, so I'm on Instagram at boobooBrian, B-O-O-B-O-O-B-R-I-A-N. Um, Facebook, Brian Wolf, Wolf Like the Animal. It's pretty easy. Um, kind of quiet right now because of everything. But um, if you're ever in New Orleans, hit me up. Or definitely send some love to Awakenings Pole Fitness down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, fantastic um, stripper-owned um, business. So 
if you're looking to help out the community, that is a fantastic way to do it. And yeah. I love it. Can find me. Thank you so much for joining us on this hour. Thank you. I was so honored. And thank you, Emery, for putting on this podcast. It has been a fantastic, fantastic resource for sex workers and strippers all over the world. So you are absolutely killing it. And it definitely saves me boredom when I'm stuck in traffic going to work. Thank you so much. When was the last time you were stuck in traffic going to work? Right. No, actually, <laughs> pre-COVID. Pre-COVID was when your first podcast started That's coming out. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you for listening to my podcast, In Traffic, On the Way to Work. And thank you to all of you other people out there listening, civilians, strippers, sex workers alike. This is for all of you. Tune in every Wednesday. Love you guys. Bye. We're now accepting four-for-one submissions from our listeners. You can send them in via Instagram at YesAStripperPodcast or on Twitter at YesAStripperPod. Make sure to follow all the things and email any questions or concerns to YesAStripperPodcast at gmail.com. Tune in every Wednesday. See you soon.